Hello, it's Gabby here for you. Before we jump onto this week's podcast, I just want to let you know about two ways that you can work with me. First of all, I do one-to-one coaching and I do that via Zoom so we can jump on a Zoom call at a time to suit you. The second thing I've got for you is an online coaching course that's 12 modules that you can download straight away now. There will be a link somewhere around these podcast notes. And this is the course that I've designed and it's got everything in it that I wish I'd have known when I finished cancer treatment and I was lost. So you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Take care. Bye bye. Hello there, it's Gabby here from Confidence After Cancer and I hope this finds you well. In this week's episode, I've got a wonderful guest, Karen Del Maestro, a lovely name that is. She's originally from England, but now she lives in the US and she is a health and transformation coach. She's been working in the health and wellness fields for over 20 years, but it was after her own breast cancer and BRCA2 diagnosis in 2018 that she realised that she was uniquely qualified to serve breast cancer survivors, helping them after treatment has ended to get back their get up and go and stop putting their needs on the back burner and feel amazing in the skin they are in, no matter how many scars they may have. Karen specialises in working with breast cancer survivors, genetic mutation carriers and healthy lifestyle seekers who really focus their time and energy on their loved ones but find it challenging to make time to care for themselves. Karen has been featured on CNBC, Wink News, and as a guest speaker on numerous podcasts and summits, including Confidence After Cancer. I'm going to put the links to Karen's social media below this podcast. I hope you might be interested in connecting with her because she has a wealth of information. She's been doing this for quite some time now, and she shared some tips and tricks with me some of them were new things for me it made me think about things in a different way so I'm going to hand over to Karen now so I hope you're sitting comfortably and let's meet Karen so now let's meet Karen so welcome Karen it's good to see you hi Gabby thank you so much for having me it's such a pleasure to be here it's great the magic of the internet I love this connecting across yeah from England to America so it's wonderful and I've told our listeners and our viewers a little bit about the work that you do but I I know you've got quite a long story of how you got into the work that you're doing now but give us a flavor of how you've ended up doing the work that you do now Mm, yeah how did I get here right (laughs) I think you know one of the things that I used to think in life was that I would have a goal and I'd be heading somewhere and something in life would happen, you know, one of those major life events, either the loss of a loved one or a car accident or a divorce. And those are all things that I've experienced and been through. And I used to think, what's wrong with me? I guess I'm doing this wrong. I guess I'm failing. And what I actually have learned through the many bumps in the road and I was a personal trainer for 10 years, got into a life altering car accident where everything I knew was taken away from me. I lost my job, I couldn't afford my house, a long-term relationship had just ended. And I call that the worst and best time of my life. And much like breast cancer, right? It's these major things where life is turned upside down and everything you know changes. 
Well, since then, and I call it the best, even though I live with five herniated discs, but I call it the best because since then, I found out about health coaching. I have done a lot of work in trauma and grief. I've learned so much about myself through the journey and became quite the expert at bouncing back after major trauma. I've lost my mom, my dad, and my younger brother, who were all in the UK, moved house seven times in eight years, been including to and from the Caribbean, been through Zika virus, shingles, breast cancer, finding out that I have BRCA2, and as do my, both my adult kids. But it was after breast cancer. And so you can imagine as I'm going through all of those things as a health coach and it doesn't matter what you're doing in life, but you come up against these things and you question, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? And each time I would kind of pivot a little bit and keep going and then pivot a bit and keep going. And what I actually learned after breast cancer, when I shifted my entire coaching practice to support women after breast cancer, was I learned that everything that I had been through was to bring me to that exact moment in time. Because that is what I'm doing now is my purpose in life. It's yeah. the mission. It's why I was put on this planet. And so... I think that, you know, as we're going through bumps in the road, and I'd love to know your perspective on this too, Gabby, but for me, as I'm going through these bumps in the road, we can either feel like the waves keep crashing on top of us and we can barely keep our head above water, or we can learn to surf the waves. Love that. I love that analogy. Absolutely. I'm like you. And so my background was in finance. And I remember I was only 20, 21 when I first became a supervisor. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to somebody quite senior in our business. Um, she was an HR director. And I said, you know, how do I get to that higher level of management? That was my goal at that time. And she was very, um, she was very different to me. She was very straight laced. She was very focused, very professional. And she said, oh, I've got my next two career moves planned already. I know where I'm going in 15 years time. And I thought, oh, my God, how do you do that? How do I do I'm something wrong with me. I don't know how to do that. I just know I like managing people. And although I worked in finance, I love coaching people. I like training. And sometimes I'd been told by my boss, oh, you're too nice to your team. <laughs> Maybe I was in the wrong environment. I realize that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I actually had a, out of, out of school, you know, growing up, I grew up in the UK and out of school, I did A-levels and then I went right into banking, funnily enough. And I was head teller at 19 years old. I was head teller. And so similar to you in that leadership role. And I recognized that it was being around people and helping people. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that I love to do. So interesting that we've got that in common for sure. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, as you hit these bumps in the road and, and there's something called post-traumatic growth, which isn't talked about a whole lot, mm -hmm. but we have an opportunity to grow after trauma. And, and think about this as you're listening to this is something that you're maybe intuitively doing or maybe it's something you want to do and you're not yet doing. Um, but if you're open and adaptable and are willing to try something new, we always have the opportunity to grow and learn and keep moving forward. 
right? It's yeah. one where we kind of like stuck. And one of the biggest things for me is, and it's it's a mistake that I see a lot of people making after breast cancer, is that trying to go back, trying to go back to what life was and who you felt that you were at that moment in time too. Yeah. And some of that I think is because it's a comfort zone. It's what we know, but I like to think of it more as we can't go back unless somebody's invented a time machine that I don't know <laughs> about, right? But we can go forward and we can invite forward the bits of what was back there that we really liked, including yeah. the bits of ourselves. We can invite that forward and see yeah. if it fits, right? See if it fits into our life now because we might feel a bit different to many people that say that they feel like they're a square peg trying to fit into a round mm -hmm. hole. And just know that that's, that's not your hole. That's not where you're <laughs> supposed to be. It's not that there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, that's just that. not where you need to go. So being open and adaptable to what's in front of you can be so amazingly exciting when you allow that to happen. And I know it's not easy, trust me. I know it's not easy. No, and I think that's a lot of the struggle that people have. But I think I'm like, yeah, I work with mostly with ladies that have breast cancer. And that is the struggle. And that is the, the grief, if you like, that they've got for their old lives. Yes. Oh, I wish I could be here again. I wish I could be like I used to be. And I hear that so often. And yeah. that's an internal struggle going on for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'm, I don't want to minimize that, but mm -hmm. it is a real, real struggle. And I think that what we're not told often, and I don't know about over there in the UK, but I came across a statistic that blew my mind because I did not know it either, is that 82.5% of breast cancer survivors have PTSD. Wow. 82.5%, right? Mm -hmm. When you hear those words, those spine-chilling words, you have breast cancer, you are traumatized. Mm -hmm. I think for many of us, I know for me, because it, when, when I heard those words, I didn't know what stage, I didn't know treatment, I didn't know anything. And I had a fleeting thought, am I going to die? Fleeting. I had lost this, my sister-in-law to breast cancer. Oh, goodness. And then I made a decision and I said, no, I'm not. And I continued on my journey like that. But for something to make us face our own mortality, it's a trauma. Yeah, of It's a trauma. And yet many of us don't realize that. Therefore, many of us are not getting the support that we might need. Yeah. And deserve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I hear so, again, so many times, and this is why I've got confidence after cancer, my personal experience was went through my treatment so focused on getting through the treatment and at the end it's okay great you're NED it's not like in the films where they ring a bell and everybody dances it wasn't like that but that's what we're kind of expecting though right because it is in the films and you do see it on social media and stuff and it's like um no yeah. it's okay no evidence is easy off you go we'll see you in 12 minutes time yeah. and I was like Okay, well, where's all my support? Where, where am I? My hospital appointments? Where's my breast cancer nurse? Where's, where's all these things that I had 
that were my life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Back to my old life. And I didn't, didn't recognize myself. Didn't recognize the things that I used to do as being important anymore. I was so changed, so different. Yeah. 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 That is, I think, I, I think of that time for me, because it was that moment in time that you just described, Gabby, that was the catalyst for me changing my, my whole coaching practice. Mm -hmm. It was that moment, because for me, I remember feeling like I was still walking on the high wire and that somebody had ripped away the safety net. And yeah. it was like, what now? Mm -hmm. And I was then hit by, and I think this is common, and I'd love to know if this was your experience, but I was hit by complete exhaustion, bone aching head to toe, I was crying at the drop of a hat, mm -hmm. like all of these things that nobody had said to me to expect. And I'm like, I'm literally Googling. Now, remember, I've been in health and wellness for a really long time at this point. This was five years ago. So 15 years I've been working in health and wellness, extensive education. And I am on online Googling, is this normal? Because yeah. I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah. And when I started to realize that this, in fact, was the norm, the reaction that we mm -hmm. were having yeah. is the norm. And I kind of, I, I remember saying in my head, I don't want another woman to ever feel this way again. Because there's no reason for us to feel like we don't have support. No. But unless you talk to somebody else who's been through exactly. that, again, you're doing the what's wrong with me. I should feel like this. I feel guilty. I felt very guilty. I thought, all oh, these wonderful medical people. I'm in the UK, so we've got the NHS. It's all free. Amazing treatment that I've had. Surgery, chemotherapy, all those things that I've had. They've all given me their best to put me back together again. And now I feel awful. Broke. What is wrong with me? Yeah, yeah broken. Broke yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and that experience is what I hear day in, day out. Mm -hmm. it's, it, this yeah. is actually the norm this is how we are feeling but there isn't like you said we're not getting the support and i'm in the u.s great i mean unfortunately we do have to pay and breast cancer is expensive here but again very few of us are told to expect this to happen and so we're expecting to kind of jump back to our pre-cancer life the people around us are expecting that to happen. Mm -hmm. We don't want to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I call myself a recovering people pleaser and a recovering <laughs> perfectionist, right? Yeah. Like those are things that were defining me in my life that no longer define me, but they pop in from time to time. So I say it's like I'm a recovering one. But as somebody that wants everybody else to be happy. I don't want to burden everybody else with how I'm feeling. I feel like I've already burdened them. Um, like I, an amazing support system, but feeling so alone and so isolated because I didn't want to worry them with how I was actually doing inside. Yeah. I didn't want to scare anybody. And it's, it's hard. That period is hard. And it doesn't have to be when you know the right steps to take, that there is actually a roadmap forward that we don't have to just sit in this fear. 
And I also think too, one of the biggest things that I hear is what do I need to do to not get sick again? Yeah. Step in this place of being exhausted, saying what now? What do I need to do to not get sick again? Mm-hmm. Feeling like we might have to overhaul our entire life and all of our habits, right? Which, boy, does that add to the overwhelm? Yeah. <laughs> Fear. Yeah. Like, and so, again, it just feels like more pressure, more burden. And then we tend to beat ourselves up even more if we're not doing the things that we know that we ought to be doing. And that's that's such a horrible place. So true what you're saying. Yeah. And also I think it's very confusing because think about things like diet. One of my oncologists told me it didn't matter what I ate. I had somebody else telling me I should be a vegan. I had somebody else telling me I should go keto. And it was like, I just want to be healthy. I just want to survive. I just want to thrive. What should I be doing? It's really confusing. Yeah. And, and again, as a, as, as a health coach, which I kind of describe as a nutritionist and a life coach put together that comes under the realm of what I offer. Mm -hmm. And my perspective on this and take it or leave it, right? I think it's very much about what, what works for you. I don't believe in diets. Diets do not work. I don't believe in living in deprivation. It doesn't work. It sucks. Mm -hmm. So we don't deserve to feel like that. Right. I believe in living a healthy life, Mm -hmm. which to me means reducing inflammation. Inflammation is the root cause of all serious disease across the board. Right. So for me, when we focus on lowering inflammation, that gives us our biggest bang for our buck. As far as I'm Mm -hmm. concerned, we're not just looking at what we're eating. We're looking at big one for me is how do we manage stress yeah did you go through yeah. a really stressful event prior to breast cancer <laughs> yes, yes there we go <laughs> me too a year before my diagnosis within a one month period i was by my mom's bedside in the uk she passed away my brother almost died the day after her funeral rushed into hospital for life-saving surgery My husband in the U.S. two weeks after that was in a horrific motorcycle accident. That all Mm -hmm. happened within a one-month period. One year later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and found out that I carried the BRCA2 genetic mutation. So here I was at that point, 52 years old, having had this mutation for my entire life, always eaten well, worked out, done the, the healthy things, and I'm like, So what triggered this for me now? What changed? Because I've carried this genetic mutation and it was that massive stressful event, a lot of grief that Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to process because it was one thing and then another thing and then another thing. And I hear that a lot from people, these Mm -hmm. stacked traumas. Yeah. Um, And then we add on a breast cancer diagnosis, another trauma. And so looking at what we eat is a part of the puzzle it's this stress thing for me and you and i were chatting briefly before before we started to record this episode saying even our observation of what we're seeing in the world today Mm -hmm. with people dealing with so much stress and overwhelm and anxiety and these things 
that do not have to be normal. And so for me, that's become a major focus in what I teach and what I do, because I think we can all relate to stress. And, And the thing is, like if I was in the UK, right, what happens when you're stressed? What are you going to, what do you crave? What do you want to eat? For me, it's potato chips. So for me, it would be, it would be cheese and onion crisps. If, if I was in the UK, it would be cheese and onion crisps because that's my go-to. Yeah. Or it might be what, chocolate, ice cream. What's your go-to? Glass of wine. Yeah, glass of wine. These are, so it's our coping mechanisms for stress that cause mm-hmm more inflammation. So if we're trying to look at the foods that we're eating, we need to look at the foods that we're eating when we're feeling stressed and anxious because Uh we're not dealing with the stress and anxiety. It's really hard to let go of those emotional foods. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Uh absolute makes sense yeah it really does so my perspective is maybe a little different could i mm-hmm. i don't agree with necessarily being vegan or vegetarian i'll tell you why it doesn't work for everybody not everybody's body thrives in that place so for me it's about eating literally more real food mm-hmm. less yeah. processed food less frozen mm-hmm. food things like that, things that are real food as close to natural as you can get them. Just by doing that one shift, you're lowering inflammation. Yeah. But we've got to look at the stress factor because that, that to me is, we've all normalized stress. Exactly what I was thinking. People think that is normal to live at 100 miles an hour when they're yeah. too busy to talk to the children or talk to their friends or talk to the spouse or or do every, anything apart from look at a screen while yeah. the you know, from the minute they wake up, if it, some people before they even get out of bed, yeah. some people looking at a screen when they're in bed and there's no break from it in between. Well, doing that, scrolling social media and all the rest of it is actually, it's avoidance mm-hmm. and it's actually a trauma response. So we're, we're avoiding... And, and question yourself, if you're listening to it, saying, does this sound like me? Not judging. You know, I, I have a thing when I'm coaching and I say, we're not judging ourselves. We're no. observing and we're being curious, mm-hmm. but learning, saying, huh. Um, mm-hmm. So I invite you without judging to say, is that me? Am I scrolling social media? Because there's something going on in our own life that we don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. that's hard, that's painful, that might be emotional or scary. Yeah. Um, and we're not actually validating how we really feel. We're kind of numbing ourselves to our real emotions. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Right? And again, yeah, there's no judgment here, but it's, it's really interesting. Really interesting to think about that. Why do we do the things that we do? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. I, I completely agree with you about the stress. I just see stress everywhere almost becoming accepted as this is just how life is nowadays. But yeah. you can challenge that and you can you can say, is that really true for me? Yeah. And, yeah. and even asking yourself the question, do I want to live my life this way? 
right? Do I want to live feeling like this? Yeah. Because I think sometimes we forget we've got choices. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was one of the things with my car accident that was like one of my biggest aha moments. Now, as a personal trainer, and I, I told you I did this for, for 10 years, I lived 30 minutes outside of Manhattan at the time. So I started work at 5 a.m. in the morning. People that would work out before they drive into the city for work. So for 10 years, I, I just want to paint the picture a little bit. I got up at 3.45 a.m. I left my house. I was at work for 4.45. I was home at 3 o'clock to pick up my two kids from school. I was a single mom at the time. Mm -hmm. We would do sports. We'd do our normal activities. I'd be in bed by 9 o'clock, and I repeated that for 10 years. So what I realized when I had my car accident, first of all, it took me about two months to get over the fatigue because it was all of this kind of catching up to me. But I think that so often what we do is we're on what I call the hamster wheel of life. We're literally putting one foot in front of the other, doing what we've always done because we don't know that it can be different. Mm -hmm. I invite you to recognize before you go through what I went through with my car accident to jump off that hamster wheel. And if you've been through breast cancer, this is your opportunity to do that, right? Mm -hmm. This is absolutely like a pause button where mm -hmm. you get to say, hmm, shall I go back on or shall I choose something different? COVID did that for so many people, mm -hmm. right? Realizing I don't want the commute. I don't want to, I don't like that job. I don't yeah. like my coworkers, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So many people after COVID made different decisions because we had that awareness. We got to step away from what we'd always been doing and we had that awareness. Yeah. And that awareness is such an opportunity to realize that you can do anything and everything in your life differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, that pause, using that pause, that space. Yeah. The positive intention, yeah. Yeah, and just, I, I say all the time, give yourself the grace and space, right? The grace and space to feel what you're feeling, to know that what mm -hmm. you're feeling is okay, no matter what that is and what it looks like. Yeah. And the space to say, is this what I want? And I think for so many of us, women especially, We've never in our lives said, who am I? Without the labels we might wear, we might be wife, we might be mom, sister, daughter, friend, coworker. We haven't figured out who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. We haven't figured out what we really want. That's a hard question for so many people. It really is. These are the things that I teach you in my group coaching program. These core yeah. things where you really get to look at who you are and what you want mm -hmm. and learning to say no to things that you don't want, learning how to take care of yourself without feeling guilty. These big things that have stopped us in life from realizing that we matter too. Oh, that's beautiful. It really is. It, yeah, it can be that opportunity, can't it? That Absolutely. we just need. It's almost like sometimes you need permission, somebody to give you permission to say it's okay. Yeah. 
to be who you are. There's yes. nothing wrong with you. You might have all these labels and these expectations from people around you, but you are, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. And That's I love what, and I've seen one of your, um, your, and I wanted to talk to you about the different ways that you work with people, uh -huh. but I've seen, but I'm really interested in it's craze to calm. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> crazy to calm that's what it's crazy called yeah calm. how yeah. do you get people from feeling crazed and crazy to being calm <laughs> i will give you um a quick overview of the process mm, so, that, so that you can start to like think really think about this again it, it requires a little bit of awareness so we're going to invite you to look with curiosity and observation not judgment so if you think of the word calm it's mm -hmm. helpful right so the C stands for control, letting go of what you cannot control. Now you've probably heard that a million and one times, right? Mm -hmm. And said, okay, sounds great, but how? So I teach you that in the workshop, the actual how, because I'm the coach that teaches you how to do the things versus burdening you with a million things and feeling overwhelmed, right? I want you to actually change your thought pattern, change your life, change your destiny. Um, so letting go of what you cannot control is number one. What we can actually control in life is so, so little. Think about how much of, and I should preface this with maybe thinking about your, your energy flows where your mind goes. Mm. Yeah. So when your mind is spinning, mm -hmm. you're going to feel sucked dry, right? You're going to feel exhausted. You're going to feel yeah. overwhelmed. You're going to feel frustrated. You might even feel angry. Mm -hmm. And so it's this awareness about where are our thoughts going? So if we're looking at what we can and can't control, we cannot control. And this is this was such a big one for me. What other people say, do, feel, or act. Yet how much of our time do we spend thinking, well, if I do that, what's so-and-so going to say? Yeah. What are they going to think if I don't show up for dinner? Or, yeah. you know, the holidays are coming and it's a big one, right? Thinking of family drama. We can't control what anybody else says, thinks, does, feels. Mm -hmm. So think about how much of your time and energy is spent thinking about something that you cannot control. On the reverse, and there's more than that, but I think that's a good like little snippet. On the reverse, what can you control? Is how you act and how you react. Yeah. The only thing in life that you get to control is yourself. Mm -hmm. That really mm -hmm. is it. That's it in the big mm -hmm. scheme of things. And yet so often we're thinking about everybody else because, again, this is where our people-pleasing tendencies come in. Mm -hmm. You've grown up just thinking about others, taking care of others. And this shift to focusing on what you want is new for you. It's also in your mind, right? That used mm -hmm. to be me. For decades and decades, that was me. So yeah. I know it so well. <laughs> Now, the A in calm, C is control, A is your automatic trauma response. Now, we talked about trauma a little bit, and mm -hmm. you've probably heard of fight or flight, right? Those are the big ones, right? If we talk yes. about survival mode, you, you would have felt that going through K 
cancer treatment, no mm-hmm. doubt. But there are also two other trauma responses that are not talked about very often at all, which are freeze. That's kind of where the numbing comes in, right? Mm-hmm. About the scrolling, the yeah, yeah. right. It's a numbing response. We're numbing ourselves to how we really feel. The other one is fawn, F-A-W-N, which means fawning over others, right? Because it's easier than looking at yourself. And so so there's fight or flight or freeze or fawn. And I go into all of those in my Praise to Calm workshop a lot because it's a big part of what, when we're stuck in our automatic trauma responses, these happen subconsciously, by the way. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so when you don't realize what you're doing and the fact that it is, you're being triggered. Let's say for instance, right, October is coming up as we're recording this episode. Mm -hmm. And for me, I get triggered by all of the pink ribbons everywhere. Drives drives me nuts. So for Mm -hmm. me, what I normally do is I withdraw in October. That withdrawal is a trauma response part of the freeze response right right that's Mm -hmm. been my mo for as long as i can remember and so what do we do with that well first of all we recognize that we're being triggered we're recognizing Mm -hmm. oh i'm going into my trauma response here i've got this longing to withdraw and so for me and this is this is difficult but I'm at the point where I'm able to say, well, what are you going to do instead, Karen? And so I'll choose to do something not the opposite, Mm -hmm. the opposite of withdrawing. So I'll choose to call a friend, right? So it's doing the opposite of what you would normally Mm -hmm. do. That's the A. L is loops. What are loops, Karen? I know. (laughs) Loops, okay. Expecting that, right? Loops, loops are it's it's short for open loops. So, open loops are thoughts that we have in our head that are not closed, and they typically start with I want to, Mm -hmm. I need to, I should, and I have to. In other words, loops are like your mental to do list. Right. The one that runs on repeat all mm-hmm. day long. Oh, I got to yeah. run to the store. I forgot to pick up something for dinner. Oh, I need to make that phone call. Oh, I should really do another load of laundry. Whatever it is, we typically have these open loops. Now, our brain likes to actually dot I's, cross T's, check mm-hmm. boxes. We feel good when we do that. And so, again, in my workshop, I teach you how to close those loops so that they're not spinning away. Again, think about any thought that's spinning is draining your energy. Mm -hmm. For most of us, myself included, and I'm five years out from diagnosis, I am very cognizant of where I spend my energy. Very. So this open loops thing is, is a definite Mm-hmm. Um, definite thing. Now the M stands for who is minding your mind. And what do I mean by that? Do you have negative self-talk? Do you beat yourself up all the time? Are you hard on yourself? Do you have thoughts like, 
oh, I could have done that better. Well, that was dumb. I should have done that. These things that we say to ourselves that are in our mind. Well, I call that voice negative Nancy with no disrespect to anybody called Nancy. (laughs) But it's in recognizing that we get to, because again, this is subconsciously. These things happen subconsciously. They're, They're kind of stories that we've been told throughout our life that we are just running in our subconscious. So it's starting to recognize that they're there. And I talk about replacing negative Nancy with positive Pamela (laughs) or even calming Karen, whatever you would like, but Nancy doesn't get to hang out anymore. We send her with love off to do her thing, but not hanging out in your head. And so C-A-L-M is the process that I take you through in the Crazed to Calm workshop where, and I invite, you know, we actually do, you create your own plan in there. Like we do it, it's hands-on because I found that most of us need a plan. It helps when we've got a plan, when we've got a system to follow, Mm -hmm. Um, it helps. And it's not that you do this once and you're good. I wish it were, but it's a practice, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's this awareness thing. And so what I've heard from people that take the workshop, though, is that they love how tangible it is and that the system itself, because I give you cheat sheets and all the rest of it, is is very simple. And so that's the craze to calm workshop. And the other way that people can work with me is in my group coaching program. Sure. Um, which is called Thrivership School. I teach you to thrive. Um, And it's either a six-month or a 12-month program. That is because it is a true transformation. It is, this is not the quick fix. This is the stuff that when you learn it, you can't unlearn it. And in that program, you learn who you are, what's working, what isn't in your life, what you want out of life, we talk about the thoughts inside those negative Nancy thoughts, those stories, you learn how to say no and not feel bad about it. And we learn how to prioritize you in your life so that you are actually playing a leading role. And when you do that, you actually have more energy, not just for you, but for your loved ones too. You show up differently in your life, right? And, and that's the gift is when you take, and it's hard, I think, to focus on ourselves, especially when we feel like that's all we've done is we've gone through treatment. But again, if you want to take this opportunity and move things forward, that's what you get to do, you know, and yeah. work with me. So I hope that that, I feel like it was very long winded, but I hope that I answered your question there. <laughs> Beautifully. You answered it beautifully. I think it was really clear about, you know, the help that you can give to people, the sorts of issues that I've heard so many times. And I've heard it in my own mind. I've heard, you know, that self-talk. I've I've beat myself up for years. And all those things that you've said just ring so true with me. Absolutely amazing. So I'm going to put all the links to all all the ways that people can get in touch with you under the uh, podcast. But what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Karen? I mean, you can certainly send me a message through Facebook or Instagram, either one of those. You'll have the links below. Um, I have a Facebook group um, that is just a phenomenal group of women 
who support each other and then you can certainly get hold of me in there and of course mm -hmm. through my website so i'm pretty you can get hold of me i'm, I'm out there so um and i do like to connect with humans <laughs> like you know like you said that like, this virtual world is fabulous that we get to connect with people around the, the world but i love to get to know the person that i'm talking with to determine how i can best support people i've got a lot of free resources but yeah i think that's i'm out there you can get a hold of me <laughs> that's absolutely wonderful thank you so much karen loved everything that you said i know i'm going to be listening back to that because there were so many takeaways for me of so many light bulb moments that yeah that's true yeah i do that yeah people i know struggle with that so thank you so much for your time today it's been wonderful to speak to you thank you such a pleasure gabby thank you so much for having me again okay my lovely let's speak soon take yeah. care thank you you too bye 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 well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Confidence After Cancer this week as much as I did. Karen was so inspirational. And you know what? Some of the things she said I'd heard before, but it was a timely reminder and I love the way she put it across. I also love the fact that she's got her Craze to Calm program and some of the things she talked about. I talk about a lot with control, but then she talked about the fight or flight and she gave me something new that I hadn't considered, which is sometimes that when we're in fight or flight, we can freeze or we can fawn. We can fawn over people and let them take the lead and not be the people that we're supposed to be. And so that was real food for thought for me. Really loved the way that she talks as well. For, for If you're listening to this in October, as a lot of people will be, this is when the podcast is going to be released. And it, we know it's Breast Cancer Month and we can, if we're not careful, we can get triggered by that. So it's always worth remembering if there are things that trigger you what can you do sometimes it helps to plan in advance i think that's really good advice from karen she was absolutely wonderful an absolute pleasure to talk to i'm sure she'll be a podcast guest again i will be sharing her programs and ways to contact her in the links below um she's somebody i'd highly recommend she's obviously very very experienced in the work that she's doing she's got a great personality and she's got proven methods it can take you from craze to calm and wouldn't that be nice? So thank you so much for listening to The Confidence After Cancer. Again, as always, if you ever want to get in touch with me, please reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Ping me a message. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And remember to stay safe, stay safe. Bye-bye, my love. Take care.